Welcome to Running in Pursuit Podcast, a weekly podcast where we discuss what it looks like to follow after Jesus in ministry and everyday life, as well as another passion of ours, sports. I'm your host, Dusty Durbin, pastor of Big Level Baptist Church, and I'm alongside Connor Pounders, youth pastor of Big Level Baptist Church. Connor, how are you, man? Doing good, man. How are you? Doing excellent. This has uh, been a good week. Uh, yep. We've three weeks in uh, to worship service at the church, and so things are going really, really well. Third time's a charm. Yep. Uh, this has also been a week of, of exciting news on behalf of you and your wife. You yes, want to share sir. with us? Yeah, so we are expecting our first child. All right. So we're excited. You are going to learn that you will never sleep again. That's right. Uh, yeah. So it's a December so baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, uh, Micah was born over uh, almost 11 years ago, and, and we haven't had a full night's sleep since. So it's <laughs> oh my okay. gosh. Uh, yeah, so it's fun. We're looking forward to it. Kids are, tr- kids are truly a blessing. Uh, you're going to have a Christmas baby, correct? Yeah. Um, yep, we are having a Christmas baby. Uh, I guess we, we decided that we wanted to have a Corona baby. <laughs> well, if it's a girl, just name name her Corona. I can't do it. No? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, well, Connor, today's topic uh, is, is on evangelism. Now, I realize we've addressed evangelism before. And we, we really discussed a little bit what I'm, I'm going to share a few weeks ago on the, the statistics of the Southern Baptist Convention, but I have not been able to shake these numbers. Um, mm. My heart weeps for where we're at as a convention in our baptism numbers. Now, yeah. I realize some will say that there was been, there was a roughly 10 or so thousand churches or maybe more, maybe less, that did not fill out an annual church profile. And so the numbers are skewed a little bit. But let's say you have 10,000 churches and you average, I don't know, I'm just throwing a number out there, you average five baptisms per church. Well, that's only 50,000 more baptisms. Mm. And so here's the statistics for you uh, if you're listening again. Now, we're part, our tribe is the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, Mm. Southern Baptist Convention... Um, because of of conviction, right? We we hold to the Baptist Faith and Message 2000. We're Southern Baptists because of mission, because of why we do what we do. Uh, we we recognize we cannot do uh, or be faithful to the Great Commission. We can be faithful to the Great Commission. Don't get me wrong, but through cooperation, we have a greater outreach globally yep. uh, in reaching the nations with the gospel. And so, we're we're Southern Baptists by conviction and by mission. And so here are the numbers for our Southern Baptist Convention in 2019. We gained 74 churches, which is great, mm-hmm. right? I believe it was Mark Clifton in Reclaiming Glory uh, that said we, we see roughly 800 churches die every year in the Southern Baptist Convention. Now, he wrote that book several years ago, and I encourage you to go read it even today. It's still, it's still good. Um, so... so if 800 churches died then or closed their doors, then we must have planted 874 Baptist churches. Now, I, I don't know if that's the case. The case, though, is this. We have 74 new Baptist churches. We have 47,530 Southern Baptist churches with 14,525,579 
total members. Now, with that being said, we only had 5,250,230 church attenders. That's, that's really a heartbreaking statistic. It's pretty low. Not even half, right? Half would be 7 million. 200 and some thousand. We had less than half of our church role attend. Mm -hmm. Now, I get it. Most church roles that you probably have less than half attend based off of your own church role. That's a startling statistic, and, and our churches need to ask why. Yeah. Why are we only having half of our church role attend? What, what can we do to change that? But here's the, the another startling statistic that, that just... that that. I don't know how to say it. It makes me weep. It, it, it breaks my heart. We, we are evangelistic churches. We, we're an evangelistic uh, convention. We, we exist for the Great Commission to uh, reach our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth with the gospel of Jesus Christ to make disciples of the nations. And we claim that. We hold to the exclusivity of the gospel of Jesus that salvation is found in no other name but Christ, that you cannot be good enough to go to heaven. You cannot worship any God because there's only one true, living, active God. We hold not only to the exclusivity of the gospel, we also hold to the inclusivity of the gospel. Hmm. Right? It's exclusive in the fact that there's salvation in no one else but Jesus. Uh, Ephesians 2.8, uh, John 3.16. Um, it's inclusive in the sense that the gospel is for all people. Right? Right. So... If we believe that salvation is found in no one else, and we believe that um, all people who hear who all people who hear the gospel of Jesus Christ according to Romans chapter ten, Romans chapter ten thirteen, really in following, can place their faith and trust in Christ alone, and we believe that we have been called by God to be conduits of the proclamation of the gospel then why in the world do we only see 235,000 baptisms? Now, I read an article this week by Dr. Chuck Kelly. Now, I may not agree with everything Dr. Kelly says, writes, or does, or participates in. But if I read this article right, he posted, I think it was Article 9 of, of, of uh, um, blogs he's been writing. Mm -hmm. We have not baptized more than what we in one year than what we baptized in two thousand and I mean excuse me in nineteen thirty eight. Hmm. Now if you're listening to this and, and, and you fact check me and I'm wrong, send me a link or let me know and I will gladly correct that. But if I read Dr. Kelly's article right, we have not baptized in one particular year since nineteen thirty eight more than we baptized in nineteen thirty eight. Wow. Why is that? Think about the access that we have to the proclamation of the gospel today. Are we just not putting an emphasis, Connor, on evangelism? Think about your life. Think about your particular student ministry, okay? We'll think about big level. Doesn't that break your heart? It does, and I'm, I want to... I know that we have a... So we have the responsibility to teach it, but 
and it breaks my heart, but is it does it have to do with unregenerate church membership? I think part of it has to do with unregenerate church membership. I, I think the unregenerate church membership speaks to the the number of a church attenders. Yes, okay. Versus number of uh, church role, mm, but not the baptism. but not the evangelism, uh, not yeah, the, the baptism, because that falls on us. And we, I mean, we can do a better job of that. Yeah, we, we how, not only can, but we must. Yeah. And how do we go about getting church members to be involved in the actual sharing of God, the gospel? Because I think a lot of times, as you, you kind of alluded to yesterday, we can, we can feed people, we can give them money, um, we can do a lot of different things, but if we don't share the gospel, then we're not fulfilling that the call that we've been called to do. Yeah, you're right. All this is anecdotal, Okay. What I'm fixing to say. But I wonder if when we ask someone, can I pray for you, a stranger, whether it's a, somebody that's serving us at a, at, a, at a restaurant or checking us out at the grocery store, I wonder if we count that as, well, I've, I've shared Jesus with somebody. Or I think I've, it's almost a cultural norm now to say that, like, just to do that, and you're like, okay, I've done that because it's almost being preached like that sometimes it's yeah. in a lot of places. But here's the thing: that's not evangelism. That's not e- evangelism. Is not evangelism unless we verbally tell them the gospel of Jesus Christ. We let the, so so. Here's the gospel: so three circles, right? Which Nam has put out, and I'm so thankful for what Nam the Nam meaning the North American Mission Board. I'm thankful for this resource. And, and the three circles is is God, brokenness, and the gospel, right? Uh, God is holy. He created us in His image. Man is broken because of our sin and rebellion against God. And because of our brokenness and because of our sin, we will spend eternity in a Christless hell. The gospel is that Jesus came. He died. He rose again, being fully God, fully man. He died as a final substitute on our and sacrifice in our place so that we can have everlasting life. And every person who places their faith and trust in Christ alone, repenting from their sins in response to God's offer of salvation. He restores us. And so we share that gospel. But then there's a, there's a final aspect of this aspect of this that we cannot forget. We must call people to respond. Mm. And so I argue we do not truly evangelize. We do not truly share the full gospel with somebody until we start with their sin and brokenness, or at least God with God, share their sin and brokenness and, and uh, share with the gospel with them, and then call them. Are you ready to place your faith and trust in Jesus? And I think there's a lot of reasons that that many people may not be faithful in evangelism. Maybe it's because they don't know what they're going to say. Uh, maybe they're not comfortable, confident enough. And I get that. Maybe they're afraid they may... Uh, uh, offend somebody, and and it, here's the here's the truth: we're gonna offend people. Yeah, the gospel itself is offensive. Well, and I so last week I uh, I encountered um, a lady right over here at the cemetery, which is if you've been by our church, it's, I mean it's right by the church, yeah. but uh. Me and some of the kids, it was, it was actually about 8.30, so it was pitch black dark, and this lady had, had pulled up, and she was looking around the cemetery and whatnot, 
and I, I say this to to say that <laughs> me and some of the kids were playing spike ball, and uh, I said, "Do y'all hear that?" And I, uh, Kristen told me it was our dogs barking. Okay. And I was like, "That's not a. It's not a dog. Like that doesn't sound like a dog." And <laughs> it was this lady, and she was a. Uh, she was sitting there and she was just bawling, bawling her eyes out. Now I could have went over there and just kind of said, "Hey," and then you know, I talked to her for a while, and I could have easily just said, "Hey, can I pray for you?" And that's mm-hmm. it. Um, but through that whole situation that she was going through, she couldn't find her parents' uh, uh, head. What's it called? Headstone. Headstone. Yeah, the headstone. She couldn't find it. That was a big deal for her. She had just driven from Pensacola. It was a big deal. Uh, and she was kind of going through it. She's like, I'm just tired. She goes, I just, I can't do it anymore. And I could have very easily just been like, well, can I just pray for you real quick? But I felt in that moment that that was, that I just didn't need to pray. I couldn't just pray that I needed to share the gospel. Yeah. Now at the end of it, she told me, you know, Hey, I know that like I'm, I, I put my faith and trust in Christ at that po- at that moment, there's nothing really I can do as far no. as, you know, that's what she told me. But at least I knew, hey, I shared the gospel. That That is the main point. But also, I had five kids watching me. Right. You had something simple. Yeah. And at the at, as we were going back and talking a while ago, I didn't know what I was going to say. Yeah. I didn't know what I was going to do. There was a lot of different scenarios going around in my head. Right. But I knew in that moment that, hey, I mean, God's going to give me the words, the, the way that I've studied scripture, the way that I've uh, whatever goes in comes out, right? Yeah. I mean, like those those things are going to be given to you when you're when you're in those conversations. So you see, you trust, right? Yeah. And and you make a good point, man. Um, we may not always go in know exactly what to say, but if we're trusting in what we study, we're trusting in our time in the Word of God. We're trusting that the Spirit of God dwells inside of us. Um, he's going to give us what we need to say. Yeah, and so we went. We went in after that. All the kids went inside, and uh, about five of them that had stayed. And one of them was like, "Well, that just got real, real fast." And I was like, "Things do. Like, mm-hmm. you can just be playing, and all of a sudden something happens. Like, you need to be ready to give an answer." <laughs> we do. We need to be prepared to share the gospel at right. any moment of any day. So, so we need to trust in Him. And to, to, as we run in pursuit of Christ, we need to run in pursuit of being an evangelist, right? right. And so we don't need to allow fears to stop us, fears of, of offending or fear of not knowing what to say. Um, we, just, we just share who Jesus is, right? And so I, when we talk about then what can we do, how can we see the, the statistics? And it's not about statistics. It's not about numbers. It's, it's heartbreaking when you have 5 million church attenders and we only reach 235 a uh, thousand people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That, that's that's like four point five percent of all church attenders. Yeah. If ten percent of of Southern Baptist Church attenders would reach one person with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we would have baptized over five hundred thousand people. And so. Many times we allow the fears of, of offending and the fears of not knowing what to say or um, what is their response going to be. And we have to trust that, listen, our job isn't to save. Right. Our job is, is to 
proclaim Jesus. Our job, Paul says, is to plant and to water, but it's only God who causes the growth. And, and follower of Christ, who, who's running in pursuit of, of, of Jesus with all your heart and life, there should be a hunger and a desire to see those without Jesus mm-hmm. come to faith and trust in Him. And when I look at these statistics, a lot of people want to say, well, the National Convention needs to do their job. Or the North American Mission Board needs to do their job. And while I agree, the North American Mission Board needs to put a great emphasis on personal evangelism. And, and, and that, was, that hasn't been an emphasis for, for, for a while. It is now. Thankful, for, thankful mm-hmm. that Kevin Ezell has implemented uh, the evangelism department again, uh, adding Johnny Hunt over that department, mm-hmm. who is a great preacher and an evangelist. At the end of the day, it comes down to each individual church. Yep, and each individual member. And e- yeah, each individual believer. Making that conscious choice. I know it was a few months ago, me and uh, one of our friends, uh, we were out playing disc golf, and we encountered a guy that we started playing with on about six holes in, I guess. Mm. And uh, <laughs> it was so funny because we were both thinking the same thing of, and we were actually texting back and forth while we were walking because uh, we were like, we don't want to just sit here and talk about the guy in front of him. But we were both just sitting like, hey, we, you know we got to share the gospel with this guy at some point. Like, right. that's what we got to do. And so we were sitting Not there. Not because you to, have to, because you want to. Right? Yeah, yeah, you okay. know. But uh, so we were sitting there and, uh, well, how, do we, how are we going to bring it up? You know, how are we going to, we can't just, can't just say, hey, do you, do you know these? Right. You can but uh, and selfishly, we were both sitting there thinking. I think at least I was, and I think this is a, what sometimes we get in the we get in the the way of. We get in the way of what people will think about us, mm-hmm. and we're sitting there. Well, what if he doesn't want to play with me after we tell him about Jesus? <laughs> like literally, that's what I'm sitting there thinking. Yeah. I was like, I don't want that to happen. Um, so we sit and we wait and we wait till like hole 17, 18, and we finally bring it up. I don't want to have to do that. Like I want to be able to just share the gospel but i don't know i don't know where that fear comes from yeah and i think it i can't think it comes from being a people pleaser yeah with what i can be sometimes i think it comes from um just wanting to be liked yeah um i don't know if that's what everybody else thinks but well like i said earlier we have to overcome those fears we all want to be liked and yeah we don't want to be rejected but we have to realize that if people gets mad people get mad or reject us at the end of the day, they're not rejecting us. They're rejecting yeah. the gospel. They're yeah. rejecting Christ. And I, I, my prayer is that, that we see people the way God sees them and the way God sees them as image bearers yeah. of Him. And I should go in it with a, with an attitude of, hey, if I go ahead and tell this guy about Jesus on hole six, maybe I have a whole, whole all the rest of these holes to be able to talk to him if he's got questions. That's exactly right. You know, I that's should exactly think right. about it like that instead of the other way around. Yeah, if he didn't want to play with you, man, that that's on him. You planted the seed of the gospel, right? That sounds so weird and stupid now. <laughs> but we, we have to be evangelistic. You know, it's it's harder today in a society. You just look around what's going on in our culture. Yeah. To stand up and proclaim the truth of the gospel and to not be shaken and unwavering in our faith. But when we, when we get to the point where we see people as image bearers of God, we see people as uh, recognize that and understand and believe because our theology says so, because the Bible says so, that those who 
are without Christ are lost. They will spend eternity in a place of, of, of agony and pain and torture mm-hmm. and torment. It should, it should break us because God's desire is that no one perish. That's what the, script, the scriptures teach. Yeah. And if that's his desire, that should be our desire. Now, we cannot force anybody to come to faith and trust in Jesus. I said this the other day in, in our sermon. You know, I brought it back to our church. You know, I shared the 10% of our convention attenders. If we were to 50, you know, we would have 500,000. But our church averages pre-COVID 130, 140 in worship. We were averaging six baptisms the past two years since I've been here, which isn't a lot. It's really not. Um, if 10% of our church attendance reached one person with the gospel every year, we would double plus mm-hmm. our baptisms and reaching people for Jesus. I really like the who's your one thing. Like it really yeah. brings it to a very simple, yeah. simple thing. And if you could push that in your church and just say, Hey, like who it like literally like go yeah. to, go to people and say, who is the person you've been talking to? Yeah, like, we've been saying that before Before J.D. Yeah. Greer and Nam published yep. the Tuja one, right? right? Reaching your one. But that's the truth. If, if we can just every year say, okay, there's one person in my life that I'm going to seek to reach for Jesus. And here's what I found sometimes. The one person I was trying to reach, I never reached. I've had conversations, but it was somebody else yeah. that I've had the opportunity of leading to Jesus. Now... We have to live that. We have to live as evangelists to do that, right? Ten percent of our sentence, but but we shouldn't say, well, that here we'll just let the other ten percent do the job. We need to be part of that ten percent. And if we all see ourselves as part of the ten percent reaching somebody with the gospel, it'll go from being ten percent to a hundred percent, theoretically. Here's my point. Okay, here's the whole point of this podcast. The convention can produce resources. And our state and national conventions need to be producing resources. And they do. At, at times. Yeah. Okay. NAMS produced three circles. Um, they've produced the Hoosier one. They've produced several others. Um, and they and so yeah, they do. Lifeway produces resources. The state convention produces resources. They need I believe the, the national convention, North American Mission Board, uh, our state conventions need to offer evangelistic training events. Training our churches, training those who attend, training pastors. I, I think there needs to be multiple training events. I think there needs to be a, a training event for pastors. Pastors, here's how you can lead your church and train your church in evangelism. That's something I don't know if we I've seen in, in the 10, 13 years I've been pastoring, a, a an event to train pastors on how to train their church in evangelism. You know, I'm not trying, not I'm not wanting to change the subject, but just kind of put like a story with it. I was watching this, this uh, Navy SEAL the other day and he was talking about how much they train. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was talking about the fact that like he said, you know, we, we have no problem with being in water. He's like 95% of the time we, we train in water. You know, we train, you, you know, not just in basic training and, and through the Navy SEAL training and all that, but like they, they train throughout all of that. So that when they do come to a combat that they have to go through, there's really nothing that phases them. Right. So continuous training. You don't just train one time for something. Right. You continuously train. Like, I mean, 
right like he and was talking about you know he's like we just he said we train for so much that becomes second nature yeah and he said even he said in the, the the events that we or the missions that we have that don't pertain water are almost easier <laughs> he's mm. like because we don't have to deal with that aspect he's like we've dealt with it like every time we go do something right it's the mission's almost easier than the training right because they put a lot of work yeah. see second that, nature that's what we need to see in our churches i'm a big proponent of our convention okay and, and i'm thankful for their resources I, I think our state convention needs and nam can if there's one thing i would like to see come from them is more training events for pastors and church leaders Right. And and it's that regular, here's a new method of evangelism, or here's an evangelism training. We're going to have evangelism training twice a year, every state convention. And we're going to train our pastors on how to train their churches. I'm a huge proponent of our local Baptist associations. I feel like when conversations I've had with, with other younger pastors is they see the local association as, as not as important anymore. And that's very heartbreaking because while I'm thankful for NAM and I'm thankful for uh, our national convention and state conventions, it's the local association where the brothers, the pastors come together mm-hmm. and know one another. And the local association has the opportunity to train on a level that the state and national convention does not. Yeah. And so as, as NAM and other national and state entities produce resources and training events, the local association has a huge part in assisting. Here, here's the purpose of the local association, in my opinion. Okay, I've, I've been active in the associations that I've been a part of. I've served as a moderator. I've served uh, on, on, on other teams and committees. The local association is to assist the local churches right. in reaching their communities and the nation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we exist. It's the, and so... If the local association, and I'm so thankful to be part of an association, the Gulf Coast Baptist Association, who does do training events. Mm-hmm. And so if you have training events from your local association and your national convention and your state convention on training your pastors your lo- so on how to train their churches, even your association can have training events for the pastors and leaders in the church, but the association could also provide training events for church members. Mm-hmm. especially for smaller churches that, that don't have the resources to train, right? And so here, here's the thing. And so you, you're training through the Sto- association, the national convention, the state convention, NAM, okay? But us pastors, at the end of the day, we have to train our people. Yeah. We can't put it in the hands of our local and national conventions. We have to say, listen, it is, it is my responsibility Every Southern Baptist, not every Southern Baptist church, every church, Bible-believing church, we all have the same mission. We may, co- may uh, code it different with, with, with pretty language and uh, cute language at times, to, or catchy language, I guess is the word I'm looking for. But we all have the same language on the same mission, excuse me. It's to make disciples. Mm. And we cannot make disciples unless we are evangelistic. And, and so you as a youth pastor, you must train those students to share the gospel. Right. I as a pastor must regularly emphasize the need for personal evangelism from the pulpit as I preach it through the scriptures. And, I mu- and, and we must have training events in our church. If, here's how you share the gospel. I just don't want to call you and challenge you to share the gospel. I want to equip you to share the gospel. I want you to be confident that when you talk to a stranger, you can tell them the good news of Jesus Christ. And so 
I know we're in a different awkward stage right now where, where some churches are just getting back to worshiping together and, and not at a full schedule. But if we're going to see these numbers change, if we're going to see our convention reach more people with the gospel, we must make disciples, no doubt. We must put a great emphasis on the discipleship process. But with that comes a great emphasis on personal evangelism. Right. Who have you shared the gospel with in the past week, in the past 10 years, past year, past uh, 10 years, right? <laughs> Who have you shared the Jesus with? And, and, and my heart weeps for, for, for the state of our country. We no longer live in a country where most people would say they are, they are connected to some church. In fact, yeah. according to the 2010 census, Stone County, which is where we live, roughly 50% uh, stated no religious affiliation. Wow. 50%. So there's people to reach with the gospel. We may have churches on every street corner here. We may have churches on every road. But there are people to reach with the gospel. Oh, yeah. And, and we must be faithful. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm thankful to be part of the Southern Baptist Convention. I have a heart to serve our convention. I want to serve our convention. I want to serve on the... Because I believe in the work that we do locally and as a state and as a nation. I believe we, I mean, as a national convention, I believe in what we do. But pastors, if you're listening, make it a priority to teach and train your people to reach people with Jesus. Use the three circles. Use the Romans road. Use faith. I don't care. But reach people for Jesus. If you're a follower of Christ listening and you don't have a heart for evangelism, I understand I get it. Pray God break me. Pray God give me a heart to share Jesus with those who are lost. Pray God put somebody in my path this week that I can share the good news of Jesus with. You don't have to have all the right answers. You don't have to be a theologian. You just share with them that God is holy, man is sinful. Jesus died and rose again, and every person who calls on him will have everlasting life. Will you place your faith and trust in Jesus? That's it. That's it. So, Connor, we're going to commit to share the gospel every week with one person. And I pray that in 2020 statistics, annual church profile statistics summary, we won't see 235,000 people baptized. I pray we'll see over 500,000 people reached with the gospel. Because we as a church, we as believers, we as a convention, are committed to the call of God. Listen, listen to what Paul says. Or not Paul, excuse me. Listen to what Jesus declares in Acts 1.8. You will be my witnesses. When the power comes up, the Spirit comes upon you, right? You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That's your community, state, nation, and globe. But at the end of the day, it's also those who are like you and those who are not like you. You and I have been called, believer, to be a witness, to testify. The word witness there has the idea of testifying, to testify the gospel of God's grace. Let's be witnesses. You know, we spend a lot of time uh, talking about hobbies. We don't have a problem talking to a stranger about uh, maybe it's sports. Mm-hmm. Right, you see somebody wearing your your team's gear. You don't have time. You know, I, I was talking to a stranger the other day. He saw my LSU hat and started asking about the questions about 
about uh, the football season coming up. Um, we quick to talk about with hobbies with strangers, our family with strangers, our country with strangers. But let's talk about Jesus. How about them saints? Sometimes we talk about the saints too, but let's talk about Jesus. Yeah, that's good. So when we come back, we got a little bit of NFL talk. So we'll see you guys on the other side. guys and we are back talking a little bit about NFL coming up this this uh this year um and the if NFL there's a season the right? season yeah if there's a season so the NFL has came out nfl.com if you want to go read it um has come out with an article ranking the eight NFL divisions by quarterback hold on so they took all eight divisions. Yep. Based the quarter based on their quarterbacks in those divisions, they yes. ranked them. Okay. Yes. So you have not read this article to me. No. Do you want to take a guess? Let me take a guess on the first one. Okay. For the very first time, you have two. Well, I guess it's probably not the very first time. Let me not say that. But you have two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Okay. In the NFC. Right. I get it's not the very first time. I'm sure that's happened a lot in a lot of a lot of conferences. But the NFC South. Okay, you have Tom Brady and Drew Brees. How in the world are, are they not number one? All right. So you, you say NFC South, number one. What do you got, number two? Do you, you want to go through the rest? Or you want me to read it? I would, um, hmm. Let me read them off to you, and then let me see if you would change any. Yeah, okay. Okay. So, yeah, so at number one, we have the NFC South. So you got Matt Ryan, Teddy Bridgewater for the Panthers now, and Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Yeah, because Matt Ryan, he could be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be pretty much undisputed as far as yeah. number one goes. And Teddy Bridgewater is a great quarterback, and, and I think we're going to see his, his elitism, if you could say that. Not elitism, but, but his elite ability. Yeah. Come out this year. That is going to be tough. It's, yeah. it, at least for this year. Maybe next year Tom Brady will drop off because eventually Father Time will get to him. I know they've been saying that for 10 years. Drew Brees, too. Um, you saw that last year a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I mean, you don't know how everything's going to go with the whole everything with their team this year either. So That's true. Number two, NFC West. You got Kyler Murray, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Russell Wilson. Read that list again. Kyler Murray, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Russell Wilson. Hmm. Jimmy G's a pretty decent quarterback. You think he proved that last year? Kyle, Kyle Murray. I don't agree with that. He was pretty good last year, man. No, no, I don't agree with number two. Probably not number two. Jared Goff is inconsistent. Kyler Murray, I think, will be pretty good, maybe. I, I think he is. I think he was really good last year. He just is he not just with a good a team. team. Yeah. Yeah. And who was the other one? Uh, with Kyler Murray, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Russell Wilson. Oh yeah, Russell Wilson is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Oh yeah, he's first ballot. So, so I could see, I could see them up in the top. All right, what's the net number three? Number three, you got okay, you got Drew Locke. Patrick, Who? Drew Locke. He, he used to quarterback at Missouri, didn't he? Yeah. How in the world? Where's he starting he's at? He's right starting now? at the at Denver. Yeah. He wasn't that great at Missouri. No, he wasn't. He was inconsistent. Yeah. Okay, so then you got Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, and Tyrod Taylor. Okay, now Der- Derek Carr's good. Derek Carr showed up last year. Yeah. He's good. Patrick Mahomes is going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. The dude can throw the ball, man. And and he won the Super Bowl last year because of his ability. 
Yeah, Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert, whoever whoever wins yeah. that, which I guess Tyrod Taylor will be. And he was he he was pretty good with the Bills. Yeah, and and, and but he's he's never really had a chance to flourish, right? He was in See, Cleveland and he got pulled for uh, oh man, what's his name there now? Baker. Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and see, I would, I would, I think Tyrod Taylor will flourish while he's down there too, because he's got a. I mean, I think he's got a better team. But see, I would, I would switch those two right now. Not, not necessarily putting them at number two, but I would switch those. I don't know, man. AFC North. Okay. All right, AFC North. See, I would put this at number two. Okay, let me hear it. Okay, you got Lamar Jackson. Okay. Joe Burrow. He's unproven. Unproven. Baker. Baker's not that great. And Big Ben. You have Lamar Jackson and ben, Big Ben. I would put them at three and move the number three group down to number four if you were to just take those four. Yeah. Okay? I'm okay having Russell Wilson's group at number two. Okay. NFC North is number five. You got <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky. Who? Mitchell Trubisky slash Nick Foles. Nick Foles is eventually going to win that. Nick job. Foles is going to win that one out. They're going to give Trubisky the benefit of the doubt, but they're Nick they, Foles is going to start there. because they're invested in him. Yeah, Nick Foles is proven man. Yeah, he's good. All right, so Matthew Stafford, eh, Aaron Rodgers, and Kirk Cousins. Let me say something about Kirk Cousins. I know he gets a bad rap. The dude is consistent. Yeah, he plays hard. He turned um, it on last year. He did. I I, I root for him. I root for yeah. Kirk Cousins. Um, Especially, I bet they do with all that money he paid him. Yeah, you got Aaron Rodgers. Is that what you said? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is not too happy about them drafting Jordan Love. No. Uh, but Jordan Love won't play this year. No. I could see that one at number five. I, I would probably put them at number four and bump... Uh, who... I don't know. Let's read it. Keep reading. So number six, I'd probably switch this one too. I swear they just make this to argue because none of these are right. <laughs> they <laughs> just number, do it to argue. Except number one. Yeah, except number one. All right, so number six, you got Deshaun Watson. Now you got Philip Rivers in Indianapolis. Then you got Gardner Minshew, whatever. And then you got Ryan Tannehill. And Ryan Tannehill was pretty good last year at the end of the season. He was. And, you know, that Minshew kid, he, he's not bad. No. With the right system, he could be good. He could. I, 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 you know, that's probably about right is where I would put them at number six. Phillip Rivers is, is, is on the downturn. Um, Minshew, I don't know. Tannehill, Tannehill's peaking. Yeah. He's peaking. Uh, number seven, you got in the AFC East, Josh Allen. Ryan Fitzpatrick slash Tua. Yeah, Fitzpatrick, man, he's never been able to make it a whole season, has he? Mm-mm. I don't know, man. He's got he's got the beard on his side. Yeah. Uh, Sam Darnold and Jared Stidham. You know, Josh Allen didn't play bad with the Bills last year. No, he didn't. He, he, he was really, awesome. He really played a really good, really good ball. I thought they were. I, I'm picking the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl this year. Coming out of the East. Coming out of the East. Because no, you, you don't have uh, Tom Brady there anymore. And yeah. you got the Jets. I mean, you're gonna win you're gonna win the you're gonna beat the Jets twice. Yeah, but you gotta beat Kansas City. 
Well, yeah. Um, that's, yeah, but you don't have to face them in the playoffs. Yeah. And but beat man, them once. I just don't see anybody beating Kansas City. With Tom Brady gone, <coughs> I don't see anybody beating Kansas City in the, in, in the AFC. Really? Yeah. <coughs> Hope I'm wrong. I like Patrick Mahomes, though. Number eight, <laughs> the NFC East. You got the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz, and Dwayne Haskins. That is right where they belong. That is right where they belong. It, yeah. Besides Carson Wentz. I, I like Carson Wentz. <laughs> Did you see Dak Prescott signing his, what is it, franchise tenure for yeah. $34 million for yeah. one year of ball? Yep. He is not a top-rate quarterback. I would put him in the mid, you know, know, 15, 10, somewhere around there. Yeah. And so he, it, he's asking for that, that contract, and the, 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 the Cowboys are wanting a five-year contract with him. Yeah. He wants a four so he can go and be a free agent again and make more money. Right. I don't blame him for doing that well, necessarily. No, but You want to make money. You want uh, to make it your career. I mean, you, want, you may not have a long career. Right. Right? So you want to make what you can make. So he, if I'm not mistaken, he did sign the franchise uh, tenure for 34 million. Yeah, he's going to. Yeah, I, I, one in one in eight is about right. I, I would keep one and eight where they are. You probably can move around the 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 other the other six. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not certain. I think you could put Mitchell Trubisky and Matt Stafford and Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins down. To seven. Well, let me ask this based off of that. Who would you say are the top five quarterbacks in the league right now? Uh, there's some good quarterbacks. Yeah. I would probably, I would put Tom Brady at number five just for longevity and the fact that he's Tom Brady. And okay. it doesn't matter any year you say he's going to drop off, he never does. Yeah. I'd put him at number five just because of that. Um, four, probably still, uh, I'd probably put Drew Brees at four. Okay. Maybe. For the same reasons? Yeah, he's just he's always good. Uh even when he can't throw the ball deep, he's smart. Yeah, he's smart. Just kinda like Peyton was at the end of his career. Right. He couldn't throw it deep, but he could throw it. Enough to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh <laughs> although he had more interceptions that year than touchdowns. Yeah. Um number three That's I'd true. probably put uh I'd probably put Drew Brees. You just put him oh, at Drew four. Brees. Oh. Uh Aaron Rodgers. Okay. I kind of interswitch those, though. Um, so you're keeping the majority of your top five are all old school they're players. They're older. But then I would come back and put uh, Lamar Jackson Okay. at three, right? And then I would probably put uh, – who would I put at two? No, you would put Lamar Jackson at two if you have Aaron I would Rodgers put Deshaun, at three. I'd put Deshaun Watson at, at three and Lamar Jackson at two and Patrick Mahomes at one. Now, you just named six guys. Oh. So let me read it back to you real quick, okay? At number five, you had Tom Brady. Okay. Four, oh, you gosh. had Drew Brees. Three, Aaron Rodgers. Three, you had Aaron Rodgers. Okay, then I put Lamar Jackson and, uh, and uh, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. That's about right. Although I, Deshaun Watson should probably go in there somewhere. I should probably drop, drop uh, the last two. <laughs> I would probably – I would keep it about the same. I would say – I think Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and uh, Tom Brady, you can you can mix those in any order in the bottom three, and, yeah. and they're about the same right now. Right. Most definitely I would put Patrick Mahomes at number one because his arm strength, he's young, um, he's smart. He doesn't just get rid of the ball. He can, he can 
he's elite, man. He's elite. Good. Yeah. Um, and I, I know some people don't give the elite status to such a young guy, but I, he's proven himself. The two, two was he's been in the league two years. Yeah. yeah well, I think three. Three. But. He has proven he could play. Yeah. Um. I think Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. So I would put him at two and take out Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and I will say that I think we talked about it a little bit last year, but Lamar Jackson is one of those people that I I almost see as one of those. I hope he can keep it up because he was really good last year, but almost one of those, almost like a who am I, who, a quarterback I can think of, but just kind of one of those people that's just like one and done. Like he has such a good season, and then they just kind of fly off the radar. Yeah. That could be. Some have said that he did great in the season but couldn't cut it in the playoffs. Well, I mean, people but, figure you out. I mean, defenses yeah. play you a lot different different in, in the playoffs than they do in the regular season. But. but people said that about Peyton Manning for years, too. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, One of the best regular season quarterbacks, yeah. but couldn't cut it until, you know. Yeah. And then after your speed slows down, do you have the smarts to be able to just throw the ball in pockets? Yeah. Like See, Peyton does. See, I think I think Deshaun Watson is, oh, is yeah. better he can, at he can, that. He can definitely pocket more pocket. Yeah, he the dude. I think Deshaun. If 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 you put him in the right with the right team, because he's playing with the Texans, and they just don't have the offensive weapons. Yeah, you put him in a team like Kansas City, he's going to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, you put him in, in in a team like the New Orleans Saints, and I think he can win a Super Bowl. Um, so, oh, Taysen, Taysen Hill takes my five spot. By the way, <laughs> never mind. What? Taysen Hill? I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's he can do everything. He's my number one when it comes to <laughs> slash quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I would agree with you somewhat on your top five. I, uh, who's the worst quarterback right now out of that list? Oh gosh, uh, let me look. Who's the worst? Yeah. I tell you, I would put I would put Baker Mayfield as the worst. I'd put him as my number thirty two quarterback. Oh no! Yeah, I just did. I watched him, man. I just, I don't know. I mean, I would have to go with Dwayne Haskins. Pretty bad last year. <laughs> Who did he play for? <laughs> he played for the Redskins. They drafted him. They did pull him too, didn't they? Or did they not? I don't know. But all, all all that to say, like he he uh yeah, I don't know. He he didn't do too well, but I mean Daniel Jones surprised a lot of people, but Yeah. We'll see. I hope he's better next year too. So <clears throat> you think we're gonna have a football season? Man, I hope so. We have something to talk about. We'll actually have games to, to break down after <laughs> during our podcast. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, there's our opinions on quarterbacks. We may have to do this with our with the SEC quarterbacks next week. That will be break, good. Break them down. That will be good. I tell you who I think. Well, we'll save that for next week. <laughs> and it's not an LSU quarterback. Who That's I the would, best one? Who I would put at the top of the of the SEC West. So. No, I wouldn't put an LSU quarterback at number one. Huh? I know I wouldn't put one there. We had one last year. Well, that was last year. It's this year. New year. <laughs> New year. <laughs> All right, well, as we run in pursuit of Jesus, uh, let us seek to make much of Christ everywhere we go. All right, well, 
as we run in pursuit of Jesus. And let us seek to make much of Christ everywhere we go. Let us be evangelistic. Share Jesus with somebody as we seek to make disciples wherever we go.